Thank you for coming. I'm Bill. That's Mark. And uh, we're just really excited to be here this morning to talk to you guys about hearing God's voice. And um, I'm doing MC duty right now. I'm just stalling for Mark because he's first. No pressure, Mark. No, I'm just kidding. So it's going to be great. Um, we've got you know several different aspects of, of our tools that we're going to talk about and things. We're going to have a break later, so if you didn't get a bagel already and coffee, you'll get another chance. Don't worry. Um, I know. Only drink coffee and not eat anything, and they're starting to feel jittery. Or that's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) This microphone is not long enough for me. You can just use this one here. Okay. Hello. Good morning. I'm excited to see such a good turnout this morning. Um, I have three sets of note cards. I should. Awkward. (laughs) I'm a note card speaker. That's what I I speak from note cards. And I had three sets at the beginning of the morning. What? Oh, there they are. (laughs) Smooth. (laughs) Bill and Mark are nothing if not smooth. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, so today, everybody put your phone on vibrate. Done. And uh, so today, as you know, we're here talking about hearing God's voice. And um, I am personally a big fan of hearing God's voice. It's been really um, impactful in my life. And just kind of the idea that God would kind of intervene would come into our world he would come into my world is is pretty amazing and i grew up in church um you know hearing all the uh, the old testament stories you know in sunday school you hear the the sunday school stories and and i think that i didn't really grasp what was happening you know i also heard a lot of stories like clifford the big red dog and santa claus and all these different things and so i don't think i put i didn't i don't think i really realized or kind of grasped the what was actually happening in in the bible and so as i grew up and kind of realized wow that the bible's not just this kind of storybook i kind of read you know these stories with different eyes you know i really love the story where abraham and um god are kind of like talking about Sodom, and he's like, oh, what if there's 50 people, or whatever it is. I should have looked that up. But. And, you know, and, like, and they're kind of going back and forth. That is unbelievable to me. You know, that's amazing that, that God not only would come and kind of talk to Abraham, but would also kind of listen to Abraham. And kind of, there was kind of, there's this back and forth. You know, I think that is spectacular. And then there is, you know, Moses and, and the burning bush. And, you know, it's just crazy that, wow, that, that God, you know, has a plan for Moses. He has a purpose. And so he, you know, he literally comes down and explodes a bush and then is right there, you know, and talking. I just find that amazing. And I, and so I'm like, man, that's great. You know, God really, you know, he wanted to get the people of Israel kind of going in this direction. So he had to kind of impact these people, you know. But what we find in, in the New Testament is that it's, you know, it's not just, you know, these kind of famous big shots of the Israelites that get to the pleasure, the, the, the honor of hearing God's voice. But it's each one of us. You know, Jesus says that we're all his 
sheep and that all his sheep will hear his voice. You know, and so that we um, can also enter into this relationship, you know, this level of intimacy with God. And um, we, uh, but, oh, awkward. <laughs> Wrong card. All right, note cards aren't always the key, people. So, um, but so so Jesus says that we can hear His voice, you know, and so through the the Holy Spirit, you know, we can also enter into this same level of intimacy that Moses and Elijah and Elijah and all these people that are were with Jesus and with the Father, you know, that had these face to face encounters. We can do that same thing, and uh, so I think that. I'm just excited this morning that we can have an expectation that we are going to encounter God this morning. And that I'm just excited that, as, that you guys would you know, sacrifice your Saturday mornings. I know that Saturday mornings can be kind of a precious time, a precious commodity, especially beautiful Saturday, Sunday, summer mornings, you know. And so I just believe that God is going to honor that this morning and that as as we kind of touch on the different keys and kind of do some activations about hearing God's voice, that he's going to really meet with you. And as we were praying this morning, I just really felt like um, that people who've maybe struggled with this in the past and like, I just don't know, I just have a hard time, you know, is that my voice or is that the Holy Spirit or is that the enemy or what is that, that there's going to be a real breakthrough this morning because God just wants to have a personal relationship with you. And, you know, I t- we talk about that, especially, you know, in high school, I remember that term kind of being thrown around a lot that, oh, God wants to have a personal relationship with you. And I'd go to church and it was pretty much just people like sitting in a pew, singing some songs and there was nothing. And then they would go home and just watch sports or whatever. You know, it's like, like what this is, I've, I don't have any relationships like this that are just like I just, you know, we, it's just there was no give and take. And so I think that today, am I rambling? I'm sorry. That today, that he's going to to bridge that gap, especially for people who have struggled with it in the past, and that, that we're going to build a new level of that communication and just that conversation that God wants to have with us. Um, and we just need to find time to carve it out in our lives. And so today we're going to use Mark Verkler's book, which I brought somewhere. It's, most of this teaching is kind of based on Mark Verkler's Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice book, which is really good. And um, the first key is recognizing God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. The second key is becoming still. The third key, looking for vision as you pray. And the fourth one is two-way journaling. And what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of touch on each of the keys, and then we're going to have an activation where we actually hear what God is saying. And we'll have a break in the middle there. Cool? Sounds great. Bill? Now to Bill. All right. So I'm going to scoot a little closer here, and I'm going to mess up all of Mark's note cards he has laid out. I'm just kidding. So, um, hi. How's it going? Hopefully this... This is casual. I'm wearing shorts, okay? So you can, like, say, hey, Bill, you can, you know, whatever. As long as it's not disruptive now, okay? I'm just kidding. So um, sometimes today, normally when I, uh, like, if I talk or whatever, I like to 
have eye contact and stuff. But some, like preparing for this, sometimes I wrote stuff and I might read a little more than normal. So bear with me, all right? Because I feel like some of it was, it's just good to read so I capture the whole thought. All right, is that right? So this is one of those moments. I said that because this is one of those moments. You know, kind of like Mark had said, all of history has been about communion with God. Um, as you read through the Bible and as you look back at all the stories, you know, and it's about real, personal, two-way connection with God. And if you think about it, it was about that in the garden when they walked with God and conversed, you know, in the cool of the day or whatever. Um, it was about that with Abraham, like Mark was talking about, with Moses and the Israelites. You know, and if you think back to the story of getting the Ten Commandments and the law and all that stuff, God wanted the, to talk and communicate that to the whole, to everyone, you know, and they were too scared, so Moses did it for them. But his purpose was to communicate with his people and to to dwell with his people you know he led them through the wilderness and i could go on and on and on so it was like that with david david had that kind of relationship with god this back and forth in this intimate relationship where he would just pour out his heart to god and and you could tell by the way that david talks to god that you know he felt the closeness back it wasn't it didn't seem to me at least like um david was communicating to a far off distant invisible guy but to a friend to someone that he was really close with. Um, it was like that for Daniel. If you think about Daniel and his dedication to pray and just seek God in the morning and even in adverse circumstances, it was like that for Jesus who sought out time early in the mornings and mountaintops and isolated places to just spend time with the Father and that he operated out of that place. He said, I, whatever you see me doing is what I see the Father doing. Paraphrased, of course. Uh, and really that's what Jesus died for, to reconnect us to God, Right. Um, and ultimately to make that situation permanent, an eternal, unbroken connection with God. And so if you get nothing out of this except one thing, get that. We're here to try to help you connect better with God in your daily individual life. <laughs> in between Sunday morning, you know, hopefully you're going to get some tools and ideas and maybe a little inspiration or, you know, motivation to connect better with God. Um, so, yeah, we can ex- we can ex- expect to experience this like two-way deep intimate communication with God in heaven, but we don't have to wait until then. We can have it now. It is available. Um and it has been available, you know, like I just ran down the list throughout history. Um there's just countless stories in the Bible of people going back and forth with God and and having a, a communication. <clears throat> um Yeah, so the point is not hearing God's voice. I kind of said that. The point is not even hearing God's voice. That's the title of the class. But the point is connecting with God. <laughs> you need this tool to better connect with God is what we're saying, I guess. So as we kind of get into this idea, we might be coming from all different backgrounds, right? Some of you might be really familiar. You might have been to a class on this sort of thing before. You might have been hearing God's voice for you know, 20 years, 30 years, longer than I've been alive. So what in the world are you listening to me for? I don't know. Why are you? Just can you tell me real quick? <laughs> right. And this might be a new idea to others. Right. And I think, you know, I was I was praying and listening to God this morning about this. And hopefully there's no limit, you know, to what we're going to say today. It can apply if this is your first time hearing this concept. You can embrace it fully and go as far as you want with it. If you've been listening to God for a long, long time, you can you can go farther. God is limitless, right? So let's go farther. Um, 
So if hearing God's voice spoken directly to you sounds a little out there for you, it's okay. Or if that sounds hard to attain or like you've struggled with it in the past, that's okay. Think about this idea. This is to warm you up a little. Have you ever sat down to read the Bible and you're reading and you go, oh my gosh, you're just struck. We say, I was struck by a verse. Has anybody ever said that? Raise your hand if you said that. Oh, gotcha. You've heard God's voice before. (laughs) Right? So what is that? What is the source of that when you're struck by a verse? You know, did you have like a thought already going and then when you read the verse, it was like, oh yeah, that happens too. But there's a different thing that happens when you're really struck by a verse. Right? And if you really pause and consider it, you'll find that the only answer is that God spoke to you. That, you know, the Bible says that the word is living and active, right? And that there's something going on there between your spirit, really, because it's not like, um, I'm getting ahead of myself a bit, but it's not like your brain understanded, you know, like, understanded. <laughs> it's not like your brain understood. understood some new concept or intellectual fact, right? That can happen too. But when you're struck by a verse, it comes from a different place. It's like just there all of a sudden. Like it has its own power to it you know it just hits you out of nowhere and it's like where did that come from right so let me give you an example all right this is i'm stealing from a book that i read um but he talks about this idea that in the first century right this is jesus times um in in judaism rabbis had a saying um where they would say come follow me and the context of the saying is see as you study as the book told me anyway i haven't you know, check, check your own facts. But um, So as you would grow up in the Jewish culture, you would study the Bible. And if you're good at it, you'd go on further. If you're really good at it, you'd go on further. And, and if you weren't, you'd go learn a trade. You know, you'd go so far, which was really far, farther than we go probably. Uh, but then you'd go on and learn a trade. But some students would get to the point, this is maybe like our Ph.D. Pro- program, you know, doctoral thesis time here. I'm going to go study under a rabbi and I'm going to become a rabbi. This is like the farthest you can go with it. And so they would kind of apply. The student would apply to a rabbi. They would find one who's teaching and traditions that they liked and that they thought they wanted to carry on, and they would apply. And basically what they're saying is, I want to walk with you. I want to learn from you. I want to be your disciple. That's the word they would use. And, um, and then when you're, when you're done, when you retire and move to Florida, I'm going to carry on your traditions and your teachings as one of your disciples, right? So if you apply to a rabbi and he says, come follow me, that's what he's saying. I believe that you have what it takes to walk with me, learn what I know, uh, and, and carry on these traditions that I've invested my entire life into. So think now about when Jesus walked up to a lakeside, saw some dudes on a fishing boat and said, hey, come follow me, Right? So now you have new knowledge that I just told you about from this book, which was pretty good, pretty good book. And, and then you looked at a verse, and that new knowledge kind of informed your understanding of the verse. Like, oh, Jesus called disciples. They're going to spend their life following him. They're going to carry on his traditions. He's saying, I believe in you. You have what it takes to carry on my traditions. And people called Jesus rabbi all the time, right? So this kind of makes more sense. But doesn't that come from a really different place than being struck by a verse? All that to say this, (laughs) being struck by a verse is different. It doesn't like filter down through your mind the way this example did, right? 
It doesn't like inform your understanding of the Bible and then enrich your spirit. It bubbles up from your spirit and then your mind goes, wow, what was that? I'm going to incorporate that into my theology and my understanding of God because that thing that just bubbled up in me was amazing. It was revelation, right? Does that help warm you up to this topic a little? I hope it does. If before you've thought, hearing God's voice is out there, that's, that's for weirdos. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever said that. That's okay. I'm not mad at you. Neither is God. Nobody says weirdos. No, they don't. <laughs> Better update my terminology. Get on Facebook and see what the kids are saying. <laughs> I'm too young for that term, I think. Okay. Um, so, I think I said everything on this page. That's good. We're moving along. You did really good. It's terrific. So, as one more way to kind of help warm up, we're going to start with our first activation, okay? Activation is just maybe our fancy way of saying we're going to try to put into practice some of what we're talking about. It's a chance for you to, like, do it, interact with God, get an experience of doing some of this stuff that later when you go to do it and maybe, like, the kids run up and it's distracting and you have a hard time with it, you can go, well, I did it before, I can do it again, you know, you won't give up. All right? Does that sound good? So our first activation is we're going to look at a verse and see if we get struck. Okay? So there is a stack of Bibles right here on the front um, row of chairs. Or if you have your own. Or there's more in the foyer if you need it. Grab a Bible. There's also pens and notebooks. If you didn't bring one, you can grab those. You'll need a pen and a notebook throughout. Go ahead. You can get up and do that now while I'm talking. I won't be offended. I promise. Um, and we're just going to take a couple minutes once everybody gets settled. Get a comfortable place. If you need to spread out a little bit, there is room to do that. Kind of get yourself a quiet place. I have a couple of suggestions of verses you may want to look at because they may be ripe for this sort of thing. But you can you can go anywhere. You know, maybe Leviticus might not be the best for everyone. But who knows? You know, you can be struck by anything. So... Um, yeah, and we're going to build on this in our second activation. So don't forget to participate. There's a pop quiz later. <laughs> Pseudo laughs, I'll take it. <laughs> we have to be funnier. Courtesy laughs. We ha- Mark says we have to be funnier. I'll try harder after this activation, I promise. I'll think of a really good joke about a rabbi and a priest and a New Day Community Church pastor named Cameron who walk into a bar. No, No, we'll we'll figure out where they walk into later. Okay, so here are a couple of suggestions of verses you can look at as you're hoping to be struck. Number one, John 15, 4 through 8. This is the vine and the branches part where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Awesome verse, I love it. Um, I love this verse as well, Luke 4, 16 through 21. This is when Jesus stands up in the synagogue and says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. You know, it's a quotation from Isaiah, so you could look it up in Isaiah as well. Very good verse. Uh, John seven thirty-seven through 39. This is recommended in the book, so if you want to follow the textbook, no pressure. Um, this is where Jesus says, anyone who is thirsty, come to me, blah, blah, blah. Look it up. Get struck by it. Or maybe John 14, 1 through 7, where Jesus talks about, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So your goal in this time now is to look at the verse, You know, close your eyes, kind of meditate on it, and let God's Spirit speak to you. Just be quiet and still after you've read it and see what happens. Hey, Diane, can we, do we have any, like, instrumental music that we can just play quietly during the activation times? Awesome.
So this is how long are we going to take, Bill? Just like this is going to be a quick one, like two or three minutes, two or three minutes. So get struck quickly. If you need help, I'll come around with a little stick and strike you. Just kidding. There may be a groove shark window open as well. Now we're good. So we'll take just one more quick minute. If you've been struck by anything, jot it down real quick. And if you need to develop your striking further, you can do it as homework.
Okay. So hopefully that went well. If not, hey, we've got a whole class left <laughs> to learn more and get better at this, right? So um, thanks for participating. There are no Bibles left on the front row. That's awesome. Hopefully it went good, like I said. All right, so we're going to kind of in earnest get into the four keys to hearing God's voice at this point. Um, like Mark said, they are, number one, now that you have a pen and paper, number, key number one is recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. Recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. I'm going to say the two, three, and four real fast because you can write them down later too. Number two is become still. Huh? (laughs) Number three is look for vision as you pray. And number four is two-way journaling. We'll say all of these again. So if you didn't get them because it was too fast, don't worry. Don't worry. Fear not. Okay, so key number one. I'm going to start here with key number one, which is recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts. Right. And that I set you up. I tricked you and I apologize for doing it. But I thought it'd be kind of cool. You know, (laughs) you just did it. Right. That's that was kind of my point before. Right. Being struck by a verse is kind of a spontaneous thought as the as Mark Verkler puts it. Right. It's out of nowhere. I'd call it more thought is almost the wrong word because that makes me think of the mind. But it's more like right in your spirit, the spontaneous thing or flow. You think of it as a spontaneous flow. So we just did it. And you can do it without, you know, you don't have to have a specific verse you're meditating on to get to that point where you are struck. Um, So let me give you an example. Have you ever been praying when all of a sudden you feel the urge to pray for someone specific? You were struck, right? Struck by a thought or this flow or this idea that I should pray. And a lot of us have heard, maybe you've had this experience yourself where, you know, so-and-so is over here praying. They had this strong urge to pray for person B. And they did. And it was like intense and like this really good prayer time. And then they found out later that right at that moment, person B was, you know, doing this thing, this difficult thing or going through this thing or they just had a car accident or whatever. You know, you hear these sort of things. And that's kind of the idea. Like that is hearing God's voice. Um, in another setting, right, where they weren't meditating on a verse. But it's similar. It's a similar way. It hits you in your spirit. It comes out of nowhere. You didn't work it up or think about it. It doesn't work down filtering through your mind. It bubbles up from the inside. Um, So I want to encourage you with this idea. Um, It can be, let me tell you a couple more things it could be. It could be a picture. It could be like like words using your vocabulary, you know, which I'm sure is extensive. You guys are smart looking people. I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, It could be a picture, though. All of a sudden you could be praying or whatever, just being still and quiet and get a picture in your head of like a scene or a memory or whatever. And we kind of have this moment of truth. This is really important. Listen to this. There is a moment of truth when you're struck by a verse, when you're praying and you're struck by something, when you're. Look at that. Terrific. Points are right up there. Thanks, Diane. <laughs> Everybody was looking up. I'm like, what are they doing? They're not listening. Oh, they're writing down the points. Great. Terrific. No, yeah. So listen, there's this moment of truth. When you get a word or a picture, there's this chance you have to embrace it, enter into the flow of it, and go with it. You know. And if you don't, there's a chance you can get back to that flow and that place, but there's a chance that it's gone. You know, 
God is like this dynamic, moving, active God, you know, and he's doing stuff. And he might have something for you in that moment, you know, like an easy example to think of, although it doesn't have to be this, is you're out in public and somebody goes by and you just feel this urge to talk to them. You know, and if you don't do it, the moment's gone, they've walked past, and then it's weird if you come up to them later and you have a hard time and you're like, oh, now it's going to be weird, and then you don't do it, you know. And you had that moment of truth. And it's true in your own quiet time, too. If you're trying to hear God's voice, you know, or just have this two-way communication with God, and you hear something. Yeah, for for me, I'm just going to interject uh, okay. something. Uh, for me, like, I don't know if you guys probably have a similar experience, but, you know, it's you're, we're, we're worshiping here at New Day. And especially on the, uh, if, whether I'm up on the stage or whether I'm down here, there's just that. You ever get that just your heart kind of starts to race a little bit and there's just this like this kind of oh, this thought. And it's like usually when when I'm worshiping and then all of a sudden I feel kind of like this to that's that to me is that's how I recognize the Holy Spirit during worship. And it's not that I'm like, oh, Jesus, I want to look impressive. I, give me something awesome to say in front of these people. You know, and just you're just you know, when you're just focused on Jesus and then all of a sudden something kind of bubbles up. I was talking to Seth about it last night and he does not feel like that. So that's not not everybody feels that way, but that for me, my heart races and you can you can tell there's something kind of stirring up in, inside of you. That's very good. In a minute, I'm going to talk about what it's like to hear God's voice and try to give you like what does it feel like? What is it like? And we'll talk about some more of that. No, that was perfect. Um, so in that moment of truth, when you have this chance to embrace it and go with it, God can continue speaking to you if you choose to. But sometimes it's easy to say, oh, where did that come from? Or was that me? Was that God? And you start asking these questions. I had more, but we're short on time, so I'll keep going. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a joke, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll do better, I promise. Um, if you start asking those questions in the moment, it's gone is the point, right? You have, as I wrote in my notes, I thought this was funny, so prepare to laugh. Um, you, you have the rest of your life to spend one day a week going to lunch with three spiritual advisors to analyze what you heard from God and decide if it's good, if it lines up with the Bible, if you should act on it, and so forth, right? But you have one moment to actually listen to God and what he's saying right now. You know, so if we are willing to put off the questions, knowing that there's plenty of time, we're going to stay biblical. This whole teaching is going to follow <laughs> what the word of God says. You know, we want to submit to our authorities in church. You know, if you hear something about the direction of New Day and what we should do as a church, it's, you know, you're not you can't just go do it. You're going to submit it to Cameron. He's probably, he has a board. You know, there's all of these protections in place to make sure that we're not wacky. You know, that we're not flying off the handle, that we're not becoming a cult, right? But all of those things come after the fact. In the moment, you have to listen and just listen, right? If you're doing anything else, you're not able to enter into that flow. All right. I won't beat that dead horse anymore. Except for one more thing, because I saw it in my notes. It was really good. It was really good, right? You're trusting God in that moment. If you choose not to ask the questions, you're trusting God. You want to speak to me. You're able to speak to me. I'm able to hear from you. I'm your sheep. I hear your voice. I'm not going to get it wrong. You know, I'm not, you know, 
And if I do, there are protection. Yeah, even if you safe. do get it wrong, it's not, especially here this morning um, on, on Sunday mornings, you know, this is a, a safe place. I mean, on Sunday mornings, you have to kind of check in with the MC or whatever. But, in, right. you know, if you're involved in a small group and, you know, there's, there are safe places, you know, the grocery store might not feel like the safest place just to like, I'm just going to wing this. But there are places where you can grow in it because it is, it is a process. You know, it's not Definitely. just, for me, it's not just something that just comes naturally and easily. But the more that I press into it, the more I work on it, the easier it gets. And so you just find those safe places. And I find what I've done is I've just like, I'm just going to go for it until Cameron shuts me down. So I just recommend you just <laughs> go for it until Cameron's like, you're crazy. Stop it. <laughs> Void where prohibited. This message not approved by Cameron. Expressly prohibited. I don't know. Just kidding. That would have been great. Yeah, I'm sure our pastor would love to embrace you hearing God's voice, and he is there for you. You know, there is other leadership here that's there for you. If you ever get something you're not sure about, you know, as you look at it and compare it to the Bible, this book strongly recommends, and I agree. He says three spiritual advisors. Send it to three people that you trust and know are following God and that you believe, hear from God, right, um, and are solid and grounded and not wacky, right? All right, so what is it like to hear God's voice? I just wanted to, like, paint a picture or, like, I don't know. We'll see what it ends up being, right? So think about talking with a child. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, right? So this is where this idea is coming from. Um, and say one of my kids says, I want that toy, Maybe this doesn't happen at your house, but it happens all the time in my house, right? So when I respond to that, what am I thinking as the parent, right? So we're kind of like child, parent, us, God, right? Um, I'm trying to respond to the bigger picture when I reply to Micah and Aaliyah, right? I'm not necessarily figuring out, although sometimes it becomes that, <laughs> I'm not necessarily figuring out, who deserves to have this toy right now? I'm not necessarily answering the thing that they want me to answer because I have a bigger picture in mind. I, my concern is teaching them how to deal with this kind of situation, um, how to deal with their feelings in appropriate ways. Right? I want their lives to be rich and full. I want them to become a certain kind of person when they grow up. And so I'm going to do something to try to help make this possible. I'm going to take it as a teaching moment. Right. So when they come to me and say, Dad, Micah took my toy. I might not say, Micah, you give back that toy or whose toy. Sometimes I do. But other times I'm taking a teaching moment and I'm I'm coming out of left field from them. They're locked in. I'm like, I want that toy. Like, God, why did this happen to me? God, what does that mean? You know, I lost my job or I got offered this job. What, what should I do? You know, we come from that angle. And sometimes God comes back at you from a totally different angle. He doesn't answer the question a lot of times because he's, he cares about a bigger picture. He cares about you, your heart, your eternal state, which is such a bigger deal than where we work, you know, or I, I got hurt, you know. We're all going to die anyway. <laughs> right? Sometimes he speaks right to the issue, and that is totally Truth bomb. possible. We're all going to die. Yeah, we are. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry if you didn't know that. But, um, <clears throat> distracting when I do that. <laughs> um, right? He cares about a bigger picture. Right? He wants you to become a certain kind of person. Um, and I, I just want to read you a quote. This is one of my favorite books, and this says the point really, really well. And with a slight British accent or writing style, because it's C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so 
Here it is, quote, every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses into something a little different than it was before and taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature, either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself. I said either, but um, there's no or. Maybe I copied and pasted wrong. No, let's continue on. <laughs> I think it was there. You're either or not. Well, let's just add or not. Either you're turning <laughs> yourself into a creature that's in harmony with God, with others, and with itself. Oh, there it is. Or with, or with one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. See, both lines ended with with itself, and I skipped. Sorry about that. So to be the one kind of creature is heaven... That is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at each moment is progressing to one state or the other. Right? So when I, when I hear that, that is not being struck. That is very intellectual. <laughs> and what does it mean, Bill? That was a lot, and you messed it up in the middle. What it means is what I was saying, right? There's this idea that all of our decisions are turning us into a certain kind of person, the kind of person that fits like a round peg in a round hole in heaven or the kind of peg that is misshaped and doesn't fit and doesn't belong there, right? And that's kind of what we're doing in this relationship with God. He's spending our whole life here on this earth wanting to have this personal relationship and this two-way communication with us so that we can be together just like we're going to be eternally in heaven and so that he can start forming us and shaping us into the kind of person that wants to be in heaven. You know, as C.S. Lewis paints the picture in The Great Divorce is a bit of a tangent, is, uh, you know, he, he paints the picture that the people come to the edge of heaven, kind of, and some people don't want to go in. They care more about this other stuff. You know, they spent their whole life being hung up on, you know, my husband should be like this, or my wife should be like this, or I'm in pursuit of this thing, you know, climbing this ladder, making money, whatever, you know. They're hung up on the thing that even when they're on the edge of heaven with the chance to go in and someone's saying, come with me, it's eternal bliss. You'll love it. All you have to do is give up that thing and you'll have so much better. You'll have eternal bliss. And they go, no, I want the thing, you know. And that's kind of what this is saying. And so when you come to God, back to listening to God, you come to God and say, maybe I'm encouraging you especially when you start out, maybe don't ask about the future, a really specific thing. Just let God speak what he wants to say. You know, give him a setting to talk to you on this level. God, what do you think about me? Talk to me about our relationship. You know, what do you want to say? What do you think of, you know, uh, New Day? What do you think of me? What do you think of my wife, my kids, my, you know, my family? That's a good setting when you're starting out. You know, once you've like fine-tuned the skills and whatever, and like you're good at this, I don't think I'm really there because recently I asked God about like a specific thing. Like, hey, God, I want to do this thing at my job. I want to ask my boss to go to a different place. Should I do it? Guess what? He didn't say yes or no. <laughs> it was eternally frustrating. Well, not eternally. It's over now. I made a decision. But he answered from left field, you guys. Okay, so that's the point. All right, I'm going to move on. Um, and I'm going to skip this whole page. That whole page about testing stuff. Right, testing it is good, and we kind of covered it. And a whole thing about never mind. Should we do yes. activation number Let's two do real quick? Let's do an activation. Okay, so this is another chance for you 
to uh, participate and engage in practice hearing God. And what I want you to do is, you know, close your eyes, pray for a second, just kind of get yourself still like Mark's going to teach you to do it after this, right? And, um, <laughs> but try, see how it goes. And then let's ask God about the verse that we meditated on in the first one. So you could ask, what do you want to say to me personally about this verse? You could say, God, what should I do with that revelation or that thing that you struck me with? What should I do with that? Kind of go further. Take it one more level. And now you're not looking at the verse anymore as much as you're saying, all right, God, you showed me something. Now what? All right. Two minutes. Ready, set, go.
just another minute or so, and we will move on. All right, so how was that? Is that good? Great. Anybody? So can I see uh, hands of people who like feel like they kind of received something, they kind of were struck? Anybody? Oh, good. Excellent. Wonderful. So, yeah, and so I think, you know, just learning to recognize uh, those spontaneous thoughts is maybe, you know, one of the, the most important keys. Um, it's not my topic, but I just had something that just popped into my head. Um, you know, that those thoughts, and this is, this is pretty basic, but a lot of times, you know, God speaks kind of in the same place uh, where, our, you know, where our imagination is. You know, if you kind of, you, you think, like when I read, when I read, I speak, you know, I, like when I read silently, I like read it, in my head. Does that make sense? Say I say the words in my head. You know, and so it's, so a lot of times, you know, and so when, when God, when I was kind of learning to recognize God's voice, a lot of times I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's just me because it sounds the same. It's my, it's still my voice. It's in this part of my brain where my imagination is and where, you know, where, where I speak internally is. But we can, there's a, you know, we can learn um, just to to discern, and we can ask God to help us to learn to discern between our thoughts and God's thoughts and the enemy's thoughts. And the more you do it, I, the, it's just really true that this isn't like just like you can start doing it and you're great at it. It, it definitely is something that you can grow at. And in my in my life, you know, my Christian life, you know, we've been I've heard about hearing God's voice for many years and have been pressing into it more and more. And it just, it gets easier and it's just, it becomes much quicker to go, yep, that's something that God would say. And that we can just trust that, that the Father is speaking. We can trust that, you know, He is more powerful than the enemy. He's even more powerful than our flesh. So if we ask Him to speak, the Bible says that he'll speak to us, we, we can expect that and we can trust that what he says is going to be from God. So, anyway. Um, the, the second key that I want to talk about is, is becoming still. And this one is also really important. Um, we just need to learn to be still before God. Um, you know, we see it in the scripture, Psalm 46, 10, commands us, you know, it says, be still and know that I am God. And so we live in a culture 
where everything is just fast paced and we're we're really busy. You know, I um, I find that you know my life. I feel like I'm just constantly you know I get out of one thing and I'm running to the next thing. And you know, you look at my Google Calendar and it's just splattered. There's always stuff. You know, if there's any free time, I just you know it seems like it just gets filled up with something. There's so many good things to do. Um, for example, like even at, at Fox Brothers where I work, um, you know, the culture is just to be constantly moving and constantly doing stuff. You know, it's like I've got, you know, let's see, I've got two managers and then this other kind of co-manager that I have to answer to that don't seem to communicate with each other very well. And so, like, one guy will be like, Mark, I need you to do these accounts payable things. And another manager is like, hey, can you enter in this stuff into the computer? And then another guy is like, hey, I, this this guy out in Three Rivers needs three pieces of J-Channel. Can you throw it in your truck and run out? And so I feel, and so I'm just kind of pulled in all these directions, you know, and it's just, you just learn just to, you just deal with it, you know, and you just, Maybe you don't give everything, you can't give everything, you know, 100%, but you're just kind of trying to cover all these bases. And then outside, you know, I leave Fox Brothers and I kind of hope that it's it's better, but man, it's the same thing. You know, it's, oh, Emma needs to get to her saxophone lesson, and then oh, I've got this meeting at church, and oh, we've got worship practice, and oh, Josh has to get to Boy Scouts, and there's just all this stuff that happens. We just We just never are still, I mean, I don't know how many... You know, as a kid, I remember growing up and actually eating around my table with my family. And I don't know how many dinners we have that are just, oh, we just need to run through McDonald's right now because we have no time to eat. We don't, you know, it's just crazy that we're just so busy. And I just think that we need to find time where we can slow down, you know, where we can really learn to tune in to what, what God is saying. Um, because it's when we, when we slow down and we are still, when we can kind of find this time to commune with God, you know, that is where we find our strength. That's where we find our purpose. That's where we find our destiny. And it helps us to stay focused, you know, um, it helps us to stay focused on what, what is important and not just what is urgent. And I and I feel like in, in my life, and this might be a slightly, slightly off topic, but it'll be quick, that in my life, like, there's so many things that have to get done. There's so many urgent things that need to get dealt with that a lot of the times I'll find that, man, the things that are important in my life, whether, you know, with my family or my, my spiritual life or, you know, you know, my personal development, that stuff gets pushed aside because, oh, I got to fix that sink or, and oh, they need somebody to work over at Fox Brothers, so I'm just going to stay for an extra couple hours. And so I, you know, and so I keep doing these urgent things and the important things like spending time with Jesus gets pushed aside because you're just like, well, I'll do that next week or I'll do that, you know, later on. But we need to find time. We need to and even I have to put it on my schedule. We need to find time to actually go, you know what, for this 15 minutes or this half hour, I'm just going to, I'm just going to quiet myself. I'm just going to be still and I'm going to encounter God. Um, and, um, as, and so a lot of times that just means that we have, something else has to give. You know, and, and I talked about it 
before. If you hang out with me, you hear me talk about it all the time. But, you know, I have to sacrifice, you know, I had to go to bed earlier because I need to get up. I need to do this in the morning. When I spend time with God, it has to be in the morning or else it just will not happen. I can, I can have all the good intentions of like, you know, when I get home from work, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time with God. But I get home from work and my kids haven't seen me all day and, you know, Amber's cooking dinner. It's not really time to get away by myself. So I don't know where, when that time is for you. You know, maybe it's the middle of the night. Maybe it is after work. You know, wherever you're at, you need to find time to carve it out in something has to, has to give. Because this is, I think, imperative to your spiritual life, is to find time to be with God, whether that's hearing God's voice or whether it's reading your Bible or praying or whatever that is. We need to find time daily to press into God because it nurtures us. And so say, oh, so we finally get our time. That was a little bit of an aside. But we, we finally get our time. We're with God, and our mind is just kind of, you know, it's racing. We're thinking, you know, I find that, you know, I'm sitting down, I'm like, God, what do you want to say? And I'm just, it's like, oh, we're almost out of milk, you know. And, uh, oh, don't forget, you've got to get that paper done, you know, for Fox Brothers or whatever it is, you know. And so we, I just constantly, my mind just races, and it's like, because I'm so used to being busy and just doing a bunch of things at the same time. And, um, you know, just, just with random thoughts and blah, 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 blah. What do we do here? Oh, here it goes. I've got a Mark Verkler um, quote. He says, you know, that when we found a quiet place, we need to learn to quiet our inner being, all those voices and thoughts within us that are calling for our attention until they are quieted. We most like, oh, man, we're not reading quotes well today. <laughs> Poor quote reading. I'm going to try it again. We must learn to quiet our inner being, all those voices and thoughts within us that are calling for our attention. Until they are quieted, we most likely will not hear his voice. And so we need to learn how to quiet all those different voices, you know, the uh, just the random thoughts and the list of things to do and you know, that kind of thing. And so this is, here's just a couple of tips, things that you can do that I found that are helpful um, during journaling. I have a, get a separate piece of paper. And if I am like, God, what do you, what do you want to say to me, uh, you know, uh, about my future or whatever? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I hear, don't forget to get milk. You know, that is, you know, I can tell that that's not what the Holy Spirit is saying. I just write that on a separate piece of paper. You know, and so that way you can go, you don't have to try to remember it. Does that make sense? So it's, it's written down and you can look at your to-do list after you're done journaling. So, and then if you have, uh, if you have a problem, you know, if you're trying to be still but you, you keep getting these random thoughts, you know, just worship Jesus. Just put your focus on Jesus and start just kind of spontaneously, you know, just kind of singing out loud or just singing to yourself. You know, Jesus, you are so beautiful. You're so good. You're so faithful. And then, you know, worship just focuses our spiritual eyes on Jesus. And, you know, once we focus our eyes on Jesus, it's easy for him to pour into us. You know, it's good to find a, just a comfortable position. We've got, we finally, we have this great recliner in our, in our living room now, so I just recline back. And um, sometimes I fall asleep, but I don't get too upset when I fall asleep when I'm journaling. I just feel like God could speak to us in dreams if we wanted to, and apparently we need a little bit of extra sleep. So, and just relax. <laughs> you, you, ever, you ever, like, you're soaking, 
Ever soak and you just fall asleep and then all of a sudden it's 45 minutes later and you're like, darn it, I missed something. No. Anyway, so just you can just learn to relax and release, just release the tension and just get completely in the moment. Don't worry about what else is happening, and um, just practice. You know, I think becoming physically still helps our mind to become still. Our body and our mind are intimately connected, and so if we just, you know, you're feeling tension in your back, you know, just kind of, you know, if you're, you know, if you're trying to release tension, what I do is I kind of like. Tense it up and then just kind of relax it. You just start from the top of your head and just kind of move all the way down. And you get tense and you just release that tension because you want your body to be relaxed so your mind can be relaxed just to receive whatever God has for you. All right? Um, and so we're not becoming still just to become still, though I think that that is probably, am I going over? We're, it's probably good in our busy lives, you know, just to find time to just relax and settle down. But, we, but the Bible says we're becoming still to know our God. You know, we're becoming still so that we can encounter God. So we, we relax and just make room for God, and we don't have to make something happen. A lot of times, you know, when I was getting started, I would just like, oh, what is God saying? And I would just kind of write things, and I would just try to make something happen. But, you know, it's really okay if you're just waiting on God, you're being still, and maybe he's not saying anything, or you feel like you're not receiving anything. You know, it's okay just to to rest in God's presence. You know, it's just really good. And he will speak to you. He's got his, his timing. Um, a lot of times, I'll just find that he just keeps saying the same thing to me. Like, he just always says, Mark, I love you. And you, it doesn't take a lot of, you know, analysis to go, yeah, you know what, that does sound like something that God would say. And I just start with that. And I just, yeah, God, thank you that you love me. And I just rest in that and just let his voice kind of bubble up. So you don't have to make anything happen. And again, it's a process. You know, we learn. Um, we grow in it. It's like, it's like exercise. You know, it maybe is hard at the beginning, but the more that we do it, you know, the easier it gets and the, the quicker we can just tune into that spontaneous flow that Bill was talking about. Um, a lot of times I will put some, like, quiet instrumental music on when I'm trying to be still um, and listen to God because it kind of helps you just to relax. You can see that in the Bible there was somebody, Saul, had David come in and play when he wanted to relax. And probably a prophet. I think I read that somewhere. How's that? Some solid biblical truth right there. <laughs> truth bomb. Um, and then um, you can use your imagination, which I think Bill is going to talk about next. Is that key three? Yes. yes. So use your imagination, you know. Just when I'm trying to be still, you know, I just kind of, you can picture yourself on a beach with Jesus or, or, or whatever. Um, and yeah, and so these kind of things, you know, just relax your body and just don't force it and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So, yeah, so I think that's all I had. you have any thoughts, Bill? Um, I have one. Great. Um, that was great. And kind of like Mark was saying, how he would have an extra sheet of paper by him to write down things that are kind of like nagging thoughts when you're trying to be still. I grab, I went to the dollar store, which the kids love because there's toys for a dollar. And I love it too. And um, I bought a three-pack of these little skinny notebooks that are like smaller than a wallet, maybe the size of like phones. right? And I just put it in my back pocket. I keep it with me all day at work and at home, and I like at the front, I write all my work stuff I need to remember. 
I have like kind of like just a brief list and then I flip behind that and I'll write more details if I need it to remind me later. And then if I flip from the back, I write my personal stuff like I got to get X, Y and Z from the store at some point in the next week or two. And I've got to do X, Y and Z or whatever. And I've read this in a book for it's like a productivity at work book or something silly like that. I don't know who wants to be productive at work. But um, and the idea of writing it down means your mind doesn't have to play it over and over so that you don't forget. Right. All of a sudden your mind can be easy. Oh, I got it written down. No problem. Right. And then when you do need to remember things, you can go back or if you once a day or twice a day or whatever, you flip through your book just real quick, you know, front page, back page. I can see the stuff that I'm trying to remember and my mind doesn't have to dwell on it. So it's the same idea. I'm sure a smartphone could do the same thing. I'll probably learn about that when I catch up in technology with everybody else. But for now, it's a dollar store notebook. This fly is going to drive me nuts. Okay. The fly might be the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right, so we are going to do act, our next activation. And um, so we are going to uh, practice becoming still. So you guys might fall asleep. Some of us didn't get a lot of sleep last night. So me. And so, so we're going to put the music on, and we're just going to just practice stilling, stilling, distilling yourself. Distilling. <laughs> Still yourself. We're going to put some music on and um, just quiet your mind and your body and just tune in to God. And um, when, you're, when you're kind of in that relaxed place, I've just got a couple questions that you can ask. Or you can, you can really do whatever you want. Ask him whatever you want. But my thoughts were just ask him, uh, you know, Lord, you know, what have I done? To, how do I effectively still myself? You know, how, how can I do it better? And, you know, what methods... Would you like me to cultivate what? How can I grow in learning to still myself? And then, so this is real practical hearing God's voice stuff. So this could be good, or you could do it something else if you wanted to. So, so like five minutes of of stilling.
All right, we're just going to take another few seconds. Excellent. Is everybody feeling relaxed? Is anybody asleep? No. So, did uh, this? We're we're gonna go into a uh, a little break. Um, just get some coffee or a bagel, and uh, but I just didn't. I just wondered if anybody heard anything. It kind of if God said something that you and you just feel like oh, that's something I'd like to share. Maybe just as an encouragement. Um, Testify. Yeah, great. You mentioned writing down Maggie's thoughts that might otherwise nag. Uh, what came to me was the couple of people, the names of a couple of people that I know. And so I just prayed for them. Wow, that's I took care of that. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's so good. I find that a lot of times the things that we do to relax do not energize us. You know, we go home and we turn on the TV or we, you know, do whatever. And those things are not energizing. But what Jesus did to re-energize was to get with the Father. So that's really good. Really good. Wow. Jen. Jen. Excellent. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to kill this fly, and you can get some coffee. Um, I don't know how long. About five minutes. And we're back to work. Bless you. If we say five minutes, if we say ten, somebody's going to try to run to the store. Yes. 